listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Get this show, Hello and welcome to episode 262 of Free Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello, Hello Colin, nice to see you. It's been a wee while since we last chatted. Yep, been a week. Um, oh, see, it flies past though, doesn't it? It's been eight days, we, we yeah. went early last week. We did, yeah, or late. Was it early? Early, oh, early, we did. We went, yeah. went yeah. Wednesday. But it does show, time, time, time flies and it's because it's something you look forward to so much. It's, like, it's a nice wee marker in my week. Like, it's sort of, yeah. it's, it's a nice wee kind of, just a, a wee milestone in the week of, like, you're through the crap part of the week, you're kind of in the final sort of hurdle of the, until the weekend. So this yeah. is sort of my... My, my last, the marker of the weekend is approaching. Is it? Is a slow to kind of starting to become nice and nicer things are happening? You're my Ailsa yeah. Craig when it comes to them. Um... Oh, I like that. Uh, for anyone <laughs> that doesn't know, Ailsa Craig's on an island of um, southern Scotland, and it's where they get curling stones come from. Ailsa Craig. Yes, the legend also. It's a, it's a marker between Scotland and Ireland. It's a giant put it down as a marker between. Yeah. It's a, a giant smile between Scotland and Ireland. I think every curling stone is made from... Yes, they are. They're, uh, yeah, they're all made in Mabel, I think. Not Mabel. Yeah. Hey, Mabel. I think they're all made Mabel, in Mabel. Yeah, well. and it's all from rocks from Elsa Craig. Which yes, is all it's the world, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like two yeah, different yeah. types of granite that come from Elsa Craig. Films and education. You've got to love this podcast. Yeah. It's great. It's great. My papa once swam to it. Did he? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. quite a distance. Really. Yes, yes. Um, that's a good few miles. Yeah. I think it's like six and a half miles. And he swam that? Yes, in his younger days, yes. I can, I can swim a length for a pool and that's me, I'm dead. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Well, he was he was Scottish champion of swimming, so I mean, I feel like he had probably... Was he? Yeah, genuinely, yeah. Like, wow. Swimmer, yeah. Probably more than the guys at uh, Alcatraz. Probably, yeah. It's probably probably, it's not, I mean, you're in an off-sea as well. It's not an easy swimmer, yeah, thanks all accounts. <laughs> freezing cold, um, no yeah. matter where it is, that's cold. That's uh, yeah. well done, sir. That's yes. impressive. You can tell him. I'm mightily impressed. Indeed, indeed. I'll yeah. pass the message on. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking the Strap a Man on. Strap a Man, very nice. Style yeah. Um Yeah, just um, safe, nice, drinkable check. Refreshing. Either. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't do any damage at all. You can safely have one and you're fine, you're fine. So, yeah, generic, but, but nice. Uh, yes. Nice, generic. What are you drinking? I am what, drinking what one from Scotland. It's called it's from oh. Stuart Brewing and it's called Skeleton Blues. Oh, I like that. It's a good name, but I don't like, they've done something with cans. They're all a bit boring, their cans. They're a bit kind of generic and dull. It is. It's just like kind of little, little zebra stripes, but and, yellow and instead all, of black and white, yeah. Basically, all the brands now have got like different sort of almost like tartan type, you know, cans, yeah. depending on where it is. And they used to have like really kind of cool kind of artwork on their cans. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, so I really liked the, like, the artwork on it, but they've kind of made them a bit, a bit generic and dull. But the beer's still the same. The beer's still very yeah. nice. It's a hazy IPA. Quite a nip to it, but... Is it strong or is it great? Yeah, it is actually. It's like 5.2, but it's got a wee bit of kick to it. It feels stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, It it doesn't look like a can of beer with that design, does it? It looks like an energy drink or something. Maybe maybe not brightly enough colour, but it's it's a bit muted, the colours. I don't know if they can see it. It's a bit muted. Yeah, it's nice. It's definitely not what kind of beer can vibes from it yeah. at all. Um, it, feel, it's got, it doesn't feel smooth. It's a wee bit of roughness to it as well, with the texture of it. Oh, uh, uh, oh I know what you mean, but yeah, I don't like that. It's because mm. you pick it up and you're like, that's, oh, no, that's... It's not smooth. Very odd. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, I get like it's not shaved. Yeah. It's, like, it's like it's been painted by somebody that's not very good at painting. Aye, like paint the sand <laughs> in it, essentially, <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. So, um, but it's nice. I just, like, yeah, like I said, I like the, the beer's still very nice. I went to the Shure Brewing Brewery few weeks ago and very nice nice pizza there as well and they had a big shop you could buy lots of beer but they used to have really cool artly designs on their cans and they used to have the first world problems when it was a week and a lady kind of retro mm-hmm. lady talking and stuff i like them yeah kind of, they went more kind of just sort of these kind of generic different every cans had a different kind of tartany color to it it's a bit, you know, yeah. Eh, yeah. A bit a bit dull to be honest yeah i think so as well go back to Stylistic art, be yeah, because nice. that wouldn't. If I didn't know the brood, I wouldn't buy that one. Whereas a funky can will make me buy something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Said this before. Whenever I buy wine, I don't drink wine, but whenever I go shopping for wine for the rain, it's, it's, it's bought purely on the label. It's yeah. how it looks. <laughs> what's the nice, what's the funniest looking one or the nicest yeah. looking one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty design. That's it. I've no concept of what I'm buying at all, and it looks like a nice picture. So, there you go. See, so it works. It works. Up your can game, people, make sure it's good. <laughs> Um, so we've got lots to talk about um, movies and movie things adjacent. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with the kind of bigger news this week that happened that at least fifteen people text me about, um, which is our favourite haunt, Cine World. Um, the yes. cinema machine is in dire, dire trouble. Um, very, very, yeah, billions um, in debt. Um, yeah, 
looking to go into receivership, I think it is. Um, or administration. For bankruptcy, one, administration, yeah, one of them things. Yeah. Um, so it could spell the end, unfortunately, for Cine World. Um, sad, because like, I was thinking back, like I've been going to the Cine World, particularly the one that uh, we go to mm-hmm. um, in Renfrew Street, yeah. Yeah. since I was about 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And you're probably yeah. going to see maybe like 150 to like 200 movies a year, which means I've probably seen about close to maybe t- like 1,700 movies in yeah. that cinema. Which when you equate that to averaging two hours a movie. It's a lot of time I've spent in that yeah, cinema. Yeah, yeah. And probably so of, the, of all the films I've watched in the past 20 years, I could probably count on one, maybe two hands, the ones I've not seen in a cine world. Yeah. yeah. Because, because we've got the card and everything like that, and it, it makes it easier, but... I love Sunny World. Like it, it, sometimes we, we have ragged against it at times when it's when things don't go away quite with it, and maybe they've yeah. missed out a few films and they've, they've had problems in the past. But I love that cinema chain. That's where I've seen pretty much everything. It's it's it's, it's like a spiritual home. You know, it it's is. a home from yeah. home. It's that place where you know after a shitty day you look forward to going and you're comfortable because you've been there so much. You get comfortable going as well, you know, yeah. and you, you, you not swarming about the place that own this, but there is that sense of you know like. I know where I am. I know I, I, I'm comfortable here. Nothing, yeah, yeah, nothing upsets me here. Nothing will phase me. I don't feel like I'm lost. Now. Yeah, I get, I, I get it as well. It's no. kind of a sad plus as well. It's also, um, remember, it's, it's the tallest purpose-built cinema in the world as well. I'm hoping something takes... I'm hoping, number one, they don't go under. I'm hoping they still survive. Mm. That's the main hope. Yeah, not, not in an unselfish way, but hopefully like, the staff are all okay. Because I think they put out something like yeah. 800 staff. So that's yeah. more you got to think. Rather than just our nostalgia for these places, think about the yeah. staff in this. So hopefully it survives. If it doesn't survive, which again, I hope it does, I hope that building doesn't become flat. So I hope they actually do something with that building in particular. Keep the spirit of the cinema alive at yeah. least. Yeah. But I went to that um, first time, it was UGC when I first went to that cinema. It was then Cinema a, bought it over, remember? Yeah, that was a long, long time. That was like my um, first year of uni, I think it was. I was like 17 or 18 that happened. Wow. That's insane, but um, I for what I know, it's either billions in debt. Um, movies aren't coming out, and people aren't going to see movies even when they do come out as much as it. I don't really see a way out of this. I, I, I think, think that's the problem. It doesn't. I think Sony World is up. Maybe it could be one of the first casualties of this. I think it speaks to a bigger problem of cinemas just aren't getting an audience anymore. Yeah. And, We've noticed that like Cineworld's giving away, like if you get a Cineworld card, if you go to the cinema, they're giving you like a free treat, you know, like popcorn yeah. or a juice or something like that. And you're going, yeah. like, if they've got the entice of people who are already paying for it to come and see stuff, how are they struggling? To, how are they managing people who don't have that to come to? And it yeah. just seems like no one's going. Like the odd film will pick up, like Top Gun will pick up a lot of people, like, like a big Marvel film will do okay. Mm. But the, can, they can survive in like three or four. Guaranteed blockbusters a year, though. They no, they're not. They're not. Yeah, not. Um, Devil's Advocate. Um, on the flip side, there is like cinemas like the View and the Odin, um, are cheaper. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, the pricing uh, scheme, I think, is I think they are at the top end of being more expensive than they should be. Absolutely, as well. Um, I also have found though, I've been to the View a couple of times now, and I think the quality is better as well in terms of just furnishing, seating, comfort. I think screens, base, maybe not I, as not as big screens and stuff like that. Yeah. But I do think it's a more pleasant environment than Cineworld because Cineworld's old now. Remember, a lot of the few ones are all quite new and kind of modern and newly built and stuff like that. So that's a, a factor. But they're not helping themselves with overpricing and not upgrading to overpricing. I agree with you, and I think the the comfort levels and the style of it. When you talk about the Renfrew one, absolutely one hundred percent correct. The one mm. in Silverburn, I think, is a much nicer cinema because it's relatively new as well. So it feels like a much more pleasant experience when you're sitting in that. I do yeah. that. So I think, then again, I think they're going to spend money to refit the cine world at um, Renfrew Street when all this shit's happening. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, not, yeah. They, they won't, yeah. It's sad it's wrapped up in like our friendship as well. Remember the times we went yeah. there straight after work and seen... Oh, Totally, I totally would just random go there Polish and films, go random podcast films, all sorts. Yeah, then we go do the podcast yes. afterwards as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's definitely yeah, I'm, I'm saddened about it. Um, I can't see how they're going to climb out of this, but I could, I could be wrong. Yes, we're, we're wrong. hopeful um, to climb out of it, and if we're hopeful to don't climb out of it, someone buys up the cinemas and still use them as cinemas because what I don't want to see cinemas closing more and more, and the cinema experience becomes 
almost like the theatre experience where it's so expensive that you only go and see one film a year. It, it doesn't yeah. become what it is just now. And it's annoying because like there's films now that, that are hitting streaming services, like not fake, like legit, you know, your, mm. your Amazons, your um, yeah, Disney yeah. buses, six weeks after the film's out in the cinema. Sometimes even less. Um, so I mean, so I remember something like kind of two months ago, you were telling me about Buzzier. Um, yeah. And that, that was me watching it. And like that was know, a week after it came out. Do you know what I mean? On Disney Plus, uh-huh. so it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. It's so people wrong. and people know this. People are waiting. Going like, I'll, I'll wait six weeks and go and see it on the and, and watch it on. Um, yeah. I'm already paying for. I'm already paying for Disney Plus, Amazon, Netflix, Paramount. I'm just waiting for, for, for a cinema ticket. Do you think in 15, 20 years' time, cinemas will be either too, just not a thing at all? Or as you're saying, so niche it is like a proper event. Do you know what I mean? Like like proper a night out is you know it's cinema and it's. I think more boutique, you know, like your GFTs and your Mm. the one that's in um, was that Street in Glasgow the week? Or every every man one that one. Or Grosvenor and and Grosvenor and stuff like that, things like that. It may you know the way like the way records are this now. It's a niche market. You know, Mm. the 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 people who are in it are very passionate about it, but it'll Mm. be very much a niche market. I'm afraid. Interesting over the coming years to see, I guess, how blockbuster directors adapt to these changes. They make big blockbuster spectacles that need to be seen on a big, massive that screen in a dark room. Oh. And less and less, that's you know, it's not as successful now to the viewing, the viewing world. So, it'd be interesting yeah, like Top Gun does not work if you watch that film at home the first time. No. No, nah, totally. There's, there's no magic there. You need yeah. that, that big blaring sound and massive, massive screen hitting you in the face. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Sad, sad, man. Hopefully, like I said, for the people who work at Sony World, I hope it stays alive. And for myself yeah. also, because like I said, I've, like I said, I can literally count on one, two hands the number of films I've watched in the past 20 years that were not uh, at Sony World. I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. Nice and good memories. There's some good times here. And yeah, hopefully, I do hope they, they make it through somehow. Maybe we saw Tremors in there. Yeah, yeah, we saw clerks in there. We saw as clerks well. in there as well. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, yeah, Mad, Mad Max. Yeah. You went and seen um, two thousand and one there as well. Remember two thousand and one a space. I've seen um, Young Frankenstein in there. Yeah, as well. there's been loads. Of Plus everything else. Where, that's where we saw stuff like Mad Max Fury Road. It's where we yeah. saw the Spider Man's. It's where we saw I saw Serenity. And it's like just everything that I can I can think of. I can only yeah. think of happy memories in the. Yeah, pretty much every Marvel film we've, we've seen in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, also Modi- we also saw Mordecai in there. Which we was... did see Mordecai in there. And as you <laughs> say as well, like, I mean, it, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of movies in there together as well. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of shared experience as well. That's... Yeah. <sighs> One day it'll be a we'll walk past and be like, oh, God, do you remember that? You know? used to be a cinema. The way people walk by and go, that used to be a gig venue. We'd go, that yeah. used to be a cinema. Yeah, yeah. sad times, my friend. Very sad. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to happier things. Talk about happier things. things yes. Um, yes. In, in the spirit of wanting to keep cinema alive, we'll talk about things we watched at home. Okay. First of all, so um, let's talk about She-Hulk. So we are both big fans of She-Hulk. The the character, the, yes. um, the we're part we're fans of the MCU. She-Hulk's dropped on um, Disney Plus. It's an episodic um, series and got it filled out. She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. So it's embracing both sides of the Jennifer Walters character. Yeah. Um, I've watched two episodes. I've enjoyed them. They're both. I thought they're both very good. Yeah. They did feel like they, should, they may have been benefited from showing these ones back to back, dropping them at the same time. They did feel like sort of. I thought, yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah. It felt Definitely. like one episode of split, um, because it's you almost get like you get the Hulk and you also get the lawyer, whereas the first one didn't, didn't have a lot of lawyering in it, and the second one doesn't have a lot of hulking in it. You know, so it'd probably work well if you dropped them both. At the yeah, same both. After, yeah, and plus I don't know. If, did you feel? But the, the one, that, the second one that I watched just before we started the podcast tonight, it was blinking. You miss it. It, it was nothing really damn, happened. Yeah, it was quick as well. Though it, you know, it was like, oh, but it was like, it came to the credits, and I was like, is that it's, it's done already? Do yeah, you know, it's proper fast, but enjoyable. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, first one, I thought the the, the chemistry with her in Ruffalo. Was excellent in, in yes. a big way. Um, the, the CGI, um, I don't know, I'm on the fence with it. It's TV level, at times yeah. it's okay, at times yeah. it's not. It, it's but, but like it, when you watch something, like, if you watch any TV show, you get it, it, I even touch on it later on something else we watch, we both loved, but it, um, had similar problems at times. CGI is something that 
you're paying money and it's time as well, but it's like something just doesn't work on the small screen in the same yeah. way it works on the big screen. So I'm but not against that. I think what it is, though, is I think with Marvel, and again, the, the other ones that set their own bar, you, you, you start to get expectations from Marvel, and when they don't deliver, then it's their fault because they've set that bar so high. And I think, I think I was expecting... No, it's not awful CGI. No, it's not bad means, CGI, but, no. but, you know, when you compare it to, like, what you see Shang-Chi or something like that, it's it's sub-party st- stuff like that, and that's noticeable, I think, is what it is. So, if you listen, have you seen the story that broke a couple of weeks ago about Marvel, how it deals with its effects teams? Yeah. Like, it pays them not a lot and gives them a lot of work in a very short space of time, and then a couple of times I basically went to them like three weeks out from the film being released and just changed the entire segments of the film. Well, so apparently they do work their, C, their, their DFX teams to the absolute limit, and they, in fact, they only found out they were have to they have to do two. Was it Infinity? Not Infinity War films. The new one's coming out. The the Kang Dynasty films. Uh-huh. And you have to do like four of them, four of that out in the same year. They only found out about it when Marvel announced it at Comic Con, so they had no idea this was coming. It, it almost sounds like you're saying Disney and Marvel aren't nice people to work for. I'm possibly sure. could be that, yes. Possibly could be, yeah. Possibly could be. But that's like, like I said, but I'm, I'm with you. I think the CGI at times is a little bit ropey, but it's not enough to detract from what is a no, very funny, very enjoyable um, show. She's got a lot ve- of charm as yeah. in, in the lead. Yeah, she she works really well. Um, I enjoyed seeing um Emil back again. Yeah. Emil Blonsky. Blonsky, yep. Him, him back on again. Um and I do like and again the, the kind of what brigades on this already, and it's like you know it's like just a feminist show, and it's anti men and all that. And it's like fuck off. Man. It's not number one. It's not anti men, and number two, yeah. it's a film about a female lawyer. I mean, it's Alan McBeal. You know, yeah, but is but why why is there a problem with empowering a female anyway? Do you mean what? Why is that an issue? Uh, is the the point because... is, every show has been made for the white male. Yeah. So they get one show against them. It's not made for the only made for the white male gaze. Yeah. And they only go, well, I don't like this show. It's like you've had every single show we've been made yeah. for you in the past a hundred years, and now there's only like, a handful of shows that are not made specifically. You can still enjoy them. They're just yeah. not made specifically for you. You're against it. Whereas for the last hundred years, anyone who's watched TV or last seventy years, anyone who's watched TV, they've had to try and identify with a male character because it's the only hero on screen. And women, women who are, I know who are geeky or geeks. When are watching, like, say, Indiana Jones, they love Indiana Jones, but they can't mm. identify Indiana Jones because, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, no, totally. Plus, it speaks more a lot about the people that are complaining. Agreed. As well. Yes, you know what I mean, it's like you know, this is your issue. This is mm. you know, their issue. You, you, you're the one that's got the issue. Maybe uh-huh. you should go think about why. Why you have this issue? Yeah, you know, you misogynistic. You know, you you insecure. Yeah. But, you know, you've got an issue. Go figure it out, man. Go get some therapy. Yeah. Deal with that shit, and then enjoy the fucking yeah. program. Like I can't identify with a female lawyer, okay? But you can somehow you can identify with a guy in a tin suit who's a billionaire. Like how do you identify <laughs> yeah. with that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. You know, or a or a, or a ninety year old super soldier. You know, that's yeah. why you can identify yeah. with that. But it's that and the episode one was very funny about Steve Rogers' um, enjoyable life. Oh yeah, 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 that, that, that was, was very good. funny. The, the 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 back and forth really good. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the wall breaking as well because it's uh-huh. not really we've done by Deadpool so far, so the wall breaking's quite quite nice. A bit more nice. subtle than the way Deadpool does it. Um, yeah. And yeah, Ruffle and her have just the, 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 that's the scene stealers. I remember Ruffle pops up with her. The two of them work so well together. There's a great chemistry there as well. Absolutely, enjoy, so we'll enjoy def- that a lot. We'll definitely diving into more She-Hulk. And um, oh, before course, you start rambling on a few things, you watch. I'll mention this on Amazon. Um, Prime is only out to I think the 31st of August so if you want to watch this you want to try and get into it quick it's a Key and Peele um, comedy series like five seasons I think there's about 10 episodes in each one um, I'd never watched it before my god it is funny like ridiculously funny like, so this understand. is uh, Jordan Peele and Michael Keegan Keys yes that's yeah, the two yeah, guys that's a, a um, joke, yeah. and it's it used to be on Comedy Central um, mm-hmm. it's on Amazon it is it's just a sketch show, just them doing random, you know, just sort of kind of like the fast show or party engine yeah. jumps type thing. But it's just they're always it's just them two mainly, and it is like brilliant. And you realize how good an actor both of them are. Yeah. Like the way they inhabit different characters throughout this is like is genuinely impressive. And you can get to see where Jordan Peele is a very good storyteller. Like, and they do they do things that they feel very Twilight Zone. It's funny, but it feels Twilight Zoney, which is right, obviously okay. what you know. Nope and Get out yeah. and um, uh, us, us very, yeah. very much yeah. like that. You can see where he's holding his skills as well. But it is, 
exceptionally funny. There's one regarding Keegan Michael Key plays Luther, who is Obama's anger translator because Obama couldn't get angry. Or like, and he just sort of you see him stand behind him, just sort of translating Obama's anger, and it's very, very, it's very funny. Or there's one where it's like they're doing. You know, you American football games at the start of it, you get the players introducing themselves of like where they, yeah. who they are and the school they come from, and it's just yeah. the names, and the names just get to the point of like just utter ridiculousness, and it's just the, the delivery each time gets funnier Sullivan, and Sullivan. funnier and funnier. Um, I, I do like Keys. I think he's a funny guy. Yeah, he um, kind of he he does pop up in a lot of guff. Um, yeah. He doesn't seem to pick roles very well, but he usually shines in whatever movies. Yes, you know I mean, he's Indeed. definitely got a charm about him. He's got one of those faces. It's He's yeah. got the likability and yeah. he's, he's a funny guy. He just, he's, he's, he's good, man. I enjoy him a lot. Yeah. Jordan Peele, I don't think I've really seen acting, maybe. Or, or not that I know. Not so much, no, but he is, he is in this. He is very funny. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> there's one when he plays an like, uh, African-American um, student, like a Dawson's Creek type show. But yeah. his affliction is that he's a, he's got a white dick, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's up, and he's like worrying how how the woman who likes him or the girl who likes him gonna like this because she's expecting something, and he's got this, and it's like, <laughs> oh, but, I mean that's funny, but the payoff of it is just like hilarious, absolutely. Scary. How how much longer is left? A week? Did you say a week? They're only like twenty I'll, minutes long each. And I'll they are, try and grab a couple of it, at least a couple to. to get a sample of a flavour of what you're talking yeah, about. It's, yeah, it's very, very funny. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. So now the floor is yours when it comes to MTV. What have you been mm. watching of note? Uh, a few things. So um, finished off Only Murders in the Building. Okay, I'm going to start watching uh, it. Is it worth watching? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, as I say, the middle kind of sagged quite badly, but it but it does redeem itself towards the end. Um, although this one, you know, like in the first one, it was always kind of leading to something and you kind of knew, you, you kind of figured out Roughly what it was, and you kind of yeah. got it. This one's definitely, I wouldn't, no spoilers. This one's definitely a lot more of a garden path, as in, you right. know, it's happened and it gets to the end, and it's like, you wouldn't, how could you figure that out? Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, oh, right. I've seen it, it happens a lot with kind of shows and movies, is, you know, you're like, that's nonsense, that's no fucking related. So it's a bit of a kind of garden path leading up to what actually happened. They went um, too big almost to try and. It's not even too big, I think. It, it's just kind of. It's, it's not a linear story, do you know what mm. I mean, at all. And, and the big reveals just, it's like incidental, you know, it's like, let's make something up now. Do you know what I mean? You're like, no, hold on, don't just do that. But no, it's worth watching. Um, some really good episodes in it, some not so good ones, uh, and, you know, some kind of average ones, but the good ones make it worthwhile. Sweet I know there's a great cameo in the end of it. Apparently, that cameo will play a bigger role in season three. I'm not going to ruin who it is, because I know, I know who it is, but I won't ruin uh, anyone who's uh, not yeah, yeah, but, but no, de- definitely worth watching. Um, still enjoyable, and uh, so there's a few episodes that stand out that are, you know, still kind of make me chuckle when I think of them. Just Sounds like it might be my Sunday. Sounds like a might yeah. be my Sunday watch for me. Yeah. Still, still solid, and, and it's short, and, and Martin still have that amazing chemistry. Um, and as always, we're both fans of um, what's her face? Selena Gomez. Yeah, Selena Gomez she, as well. She's still her next movie project, cases. actually. What is it? Her next movie project is going to be Working Girl, a remake of Working Girl. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'm trying to think, will she play the Sigourney Weaver role or she play the Melanie Griffith role? I think she would be the Melanie Griffith role. Possibly, I don't know, actually. Who plays Sigourney? Who plays Sigourney? Oh, I love Sigourney. Um, you could bring Sigourney back. Annette Bening's a bit too old for us, isn't she? I'm thinking Hathaway. Hmm. Uh, you could be right, actually. Yeah, yeah. Or then who plays who plays Harrison Ford? Because Harrison Ford is ridiculously handsome in that film. Like obscenely yeah. handsome in that film. He he, he is terribly. Um. Maybe Gyllenhaal could do. It. No, fuck no, no. No, Gyllenhaal's no. a handsome fella. No, no, he's not Harrison Ford handsome, no. He's, well, no one is. That's but uh, oh God, they'll, they'll bring in Hemsworth, won't they? Well, uh, for fuck's sake, give, give it to your man from um, Top Gun, not Ma- not Maverick. Um, oh, the other boy, he, he is Hangman. Hands- he, he is a handsome boy. He's a very he's handsome a man, yes. Yeah, so. Chis- chiseled bastard. So yeah, he's absolutely... go with him. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I really like Working Girls and Moving. I think it's a brilliant movie. We, me and Lorraine watched it about a year ago. Um, and yeah, it still holds up. There is no you know what's going to be was nominated for that and another film in the same year? What was the other film? What was the other film? Yeah, Girls in Mist. Ah, yeah, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. did she get else? She got else covered, didn't she? I think she might have. She didn't win it for that one because she was, I think, her Get split basically. People kind of liked to give her votes and one, mm. no one gave it one. 
So she kind she of voted in the same her. in the same category both. No, can't be the same category. It must be a support actor. No, she's yeah, voted for support actor. Supporting and for best, yeah, best, yeah. best actor, but support actor. Yeah. But um, yeah, only murders the building. Yeah, jump in, sir. Uh, very, I shall. Very, very enjoyable. Um, I finished watching Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, six episodes. Is it worth my six episodes? It's it's a really weird one. The acting is phenomenal. I mean, it's going to get no, you know, nominations. Um, or, yeah. you know, there's Emmys or Grammys or whatever. It, is. it will get nominated. Um, some amazing, amazing performances. It kind of get it's slow burn, and I mean, like you know, it's fucking smolders every episode. Um, you know, yes. so as you know, you're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting, and a lot of the time nothing happens. And mm. uh, it is heavy on the religious dialogue. Um. I was looking up, and apparently Mormons don't really speak the way they speak in this because it is very almost like Shakespearean at times. You know what I mean? Like it's like fucking Moses talking to you. You know what I mean? Constantly. Nice. Um. So the dialogue's a bit kind of heavy, and you know you've really got to fucking pay attention, focus right. into it. Um. But just for the acting alone, yeah, I would say watch it because you'll appreciate that. Um. It does kind of pick up the last two episodes and kind of, you know, the conclusion is kind of well, well met towards the end. You don't feel like you've been led astray or anything was amiss or why did this happen? Everything kind of explains itself as well. Okay. Um, so def- definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, ever Mr. Garfield, who we're both fans of, shines as usual. And he's a very, very good actor, Mr. Garfield. He's, he's a great actor, but it's got some cast in it. You know, you've got um, Kurt Russell's son in there as well and uh, one of the... Daisy Edgar Jones in it as well. Daisy Edgar Culkins is in there as well. I mean, yep. so the, the the cast is solid, solid yep. cast with some top top notch performances. I think that. they're all trying to capture that Mayor of East Town. Um, Mayor of East Town, true, de- true detective as well. And yeah, they kind of capture yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that this it captures it definitely, but it, you know, it's just the dialogue does commit you, you know, hard and heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a uh, lot. Of, you can't watch God. this while looking at your phone type thing. You can't watch it. In no, you want no. to watch it. But yeah, well, Lorraine can. I can't. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but you feel attention. And the last thing I'm going to bang on about because this is this is oh, I feel like I can watch this my week is uh, I watched the first episode of House of the Dragon, okay, which is the prequel to uh, Game of Thrones, set 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen, which she's Dragon Lady. Yeah, yeah. So it's it her two years great grandfather or something. Great, great, or great, great. I want to say one or two. Okay. So um, if I remember, like, just so I can get my bearings on this. At the start of Game of Thrones, hmm. she just that kingdom essentially falling into ruin, correct? And that's why she marries a big Drago man because it sort of like gives security to her kingdom, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's just to kind of bolster them. Yeah, yeah. So this mm-hmm. is set in a time where the, her kingdom, or well, the kingdom she should have inherited, it's like her great grandfather, great great grandfather. The kingdoms at a strong point. It's like it's sort of it's, yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. They, they have been in power for generations now, and you know have got loads of dragons and everybody fucking you know the rich and stuff like that. Um, well, the Ottoman Empire, was, basically. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty much in a nutshell. Mm. Um, the, I, I like Game of Thrones. Um, e- even the last season, I, you know, I wasn't as harsh on as the rest of the world. I don't think yep. it was like you know, you know, what they're going to do? The fucking Martin's not giving them material. What would the fuckers do? Something. something they're not Martin. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, this it, it was quite enjoyable, but it does feel like Game of Thrones light, like it's not doing its own thing, it's almost afraid to. It just keeps dropping names, right? Game of Thrones, um, and it's still got a very, very I mean, they use parts of the Game of Thrones stream tune as well to constantly remind you this is Game of Thrones, and I thought it was going to be something that you know that was confident enough to leave that lord behind and maybe give us some something else right i mean being being the world but not just and would it be unfair compared to say for example the hobbit movie compared to lord of the rings and that they're they're hitting on too many of the same beats in order to try and make you feel something that you don't feel yet but it, it knows you love you know you love this one thing yeah yeah so we're gonna make you think like you love this thing early but that one thing that i did love Took time to earn that love. Yeah, you have, you have, to, you have to, I don't love yeah. the who is it's playing the main guy in it's thingy. Um, uh, or Doctor Who did. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't love him yet. We don't know who he is. So why should I care who this guy is? Even like Daenerys, you don't really care about Daenerys and 
early Game of Thrones episodes. You just it's a long this, time for her to become that iconic figure. A character, that, that, yeah, and, you got, yeah. You got, and all the characters came like that, even like the Jon yeah. Snow character was pretty dull at the start and stuff like that. So yeah. You've got to take time to learn how these characters yeah, are. Yeah, but it, but it does, it's just every, you know, every couple of minutes that they'll, they'll throw in like a name, you know, from, from Game of Thrones or... Yeah. You know, there'll be the typical, you know, bloody pulpy head mashing scene, or they'll have like, you know, a dragon. It's 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 just it's very safe. It's just it's it's a shame that they've not thought, you know, no no fuck it, let let's give them something they've not seen before. Um, I know what the world is. I'm comfortable in the world. You don't need to remind me every two minutes that I'm in this world by giving me the theme tune over and over. I, mean, I don't need that spoon fed to me. Well, apparently um, four different shows that were putting in production early doors after Game of Thrones to try and like sort of continue this lore on. And one of them, I think, had like, it was like a pirate-based show around, around it. They had like a pretty decent gang. Naomi Watts was in it, possibly. I'd have been in with that, yeah. Aye, but apparently they yeah. got absolutely shit-canned and just got kicked out and a couple of others got kicked out and this is the one that sort of went, right, this is when we put the eggs in the basket of keeping the Game of Thrones thing going. Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it, it feels, it's not lazy, but, but it, it feels very, very safe. Um, right. And I can't see stepping out of that comfort zone anytime soon. I'm going to watch, I've decided to watch the second episode and if it's not bit me, but then I'm just going to, I think I'm going to drop like a hot potato. Okay, I am and not going to watch it. For, <laughs> I, I know. I'll say I'm not watching it. I, I don't care. Enough. I don't care. I don't care enough about Game of Thrones, so I don't care enough about this to watch a prequel to Game of Thrones. Unless people tell me, it's even like people tell me great TV. People tell me keep to keep watching like um, Callbacks All or what's it called? Better, um, call, better Call Saul. Yeah, better Call yeah. Saul. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm sure it's brilliant, but I, I just can't take the time to watch seven seasons yeah. or something now. That's the other thing about this as well. Is it's remember on Game of Thrones you would get. The first two episodes and the last two episodes were it was always open with it with you know something eventful and then the, the long speeches and then they would interspeed it with lots of sex and violence. Same formula to it again. Lazy. Uh, and we were talking last week about, you know, I think we're at a point now where we don't need to see, you know, fucking naked flesh falling at you for you know, no apparent reason. You know, you, you can show you can imply you know, things. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to go fill out orgies. I mean, we, uh-huh. do, we don't need it anymore. Um, with that specifically, I feel like they're pandering to a certain element of the Game of Thrones audience. Yeah, but then... Which I, I is think, a shame because a lot of them have probably matured past that. And I think if you're aiming at like teenage boys and you go, but teenage boys have got access to the internet. They have seen... Yeah. Yeah, they've seen things your your mind cannot imagine, like yeah. a pair of boobs, and it, not like us when we were young and we saw like a movie with boobs, and it's like, oh my god, it's because you never had internet and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But now that's not the case. So now it's like kids can see it. So I don't think you need mm. it in mainstream media. And I know we sound like old saying that, but I'm just thinking like, what's it? What does it? What does it offer to the show? I'll to say like we've got some tits uh, and ass in it. But all that it adds is that it's Game of Thrones. It's yeah. especially that stamp. You know, what is Game of Thrones? It's it's sex. And violence, yeah, and it, it's ticking the boxes. Unfortunately, um, I was expecting more, and we'll see. But early days, what, what you know, the, the pilot show, the, the pilot episode's always a bit. Warm anyway, ropey, but so. they are laying down a tone and laying down yeah. a, a world yeah, that you. So. That's that's a kind of, that's a palette they want to continue with. You know, there's very mm. few. Yeah, the quality can be different, but they're laying down a palette that sort of yeah. that's what they're going to be working from. Yeah, um, definitely. So, um, but at that point, it, it doesn't feel like it, it, there's nothing new in here. They're tread, treading old ground, I'm afraid. Unfortunately, oh, it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Thought so far. Yeah, that that's me, dude. I've not watched anything else. Uh, I'm going to pan the show from me over to you now. Like, yes, you talk. Well, I'll talk about movies in a moment. Um, Charles, I will talk about all the movies I've seen this week, and you will. You will listen. All the movies. All the movies. All then we'll talk movies. about a TV show at the end of this, which we both have seen and we both like to talk about at a bit more length. Yes. So, cool. first film I'm going to talk about is once in the cinema. It's called Girls Can't Surf. It came out in 2021, 2021, um, but it's only just sort of now seen its time in the cinema due to, um, you know, all things COVID-y. Um, mm. So, directed by Christopher Nelius, um, who, had direct, who hadn't really directed any sort of major documentary, but had been involved in the tough conversations of Henry Rollins' TV show, which I actually quite did enjoy. He was director of that and being a big fan of Henry, big fan of that show. The plot of this one, it's, it's what it says, girls can't surf, but, it, but can they? Well, basically, yes, they can. It's set, yeah, in, like, so, can. Yeah. Basically, it's set around the time that the surf culture became big in the 70s and 80s uh, and how it all been very much a bro culture, you know, you know, the, the 
Good, gnarly. All the causes, basically. <laughs> um, and how these young girls wanted to get involved in it and they wanted to, to do it and they wanted to, they didn't want you to be sitting on the beach holding the towel, waiting for their boyfriend to come home. They actually wanted to go out and surf. Um, and as the males became professional and started making big money of it, the women's circuit grew alongside it, but at a much lesser rate. And it's that these like, sort of young women who are sort of trying to basically force their own path and make a living from being mm. surfers in the same way that they're you know, male peers parts do, are yeah. doing yeah. Um, and all the things that are thrown in their way um, as they do it. Um, the names, I, I didn't I mean, my knowledge of surfing basically is Point Break and Escape from New York or Escape um, from LA. Escape from LA. Kelly Slater is the only one I know. Yeah, there's, one, there's one called Laird as well, Laird McKenzie mm. or something, or Laird, mm. Laird Hamilton. Laird Hamilton. Laird Hamilton. Yeah. Best friends with Eddie Vedder, I think. Um, but in this film, you've got people called uh, women called Julian Smith, uh, Johnny Harmon, Jodie Cooper, Frida Zamba, and Wendy Botha. They're sort of the, the, the five sort of like women who are the, the figureheads of the entire, entire thing. Yeah, surfing, yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought I generally really insightful, like I said, I don't know a lot about surfing, but it's a really good documentary that start, it tells you everything you need to know very early on about what surfing is. So, like, I got the basics of like this is what they want to do. Um, and then you're seeing people who are very good at what they do just trying to, to exist and force a path through mm. and i think it's particularly prevalent now with like sort of the women's football finally coming yeah. to the floor and, and actually becoming like sort of a mainstream sport yeah. in the face of a lot of people not really caring or wanting it to happen yeah it's um, yeah. quite good um so there's well, the talking it's basically it's talking heads and archival footage um but it's they all have clarity what they're saying and um, the story's laid out well for a novice so i could follow what was happening why why A happened to B, why they're upset about B happening, why you needed to get to C. So I've always kept on on par yeah. what it was like. Um, so it does repeat a lot of points a lot you need to try and hammer yeah. it home, which does get a little bit, you know, I'm like, okay, I get this, let's move on to the next point. Um, so that does kind of extend the runtime a little bit more probably than it had to, but it only runs about an hour and a half anyway, so it's not like a long show. But it's really just, and it's the, the joy is watching these sort of like these women you know, do what they did, you know, because yeah. it's a world that basically was, was telling them, you're not good enough, you can't do this, why you want to do this, go away and just be a, a mum and a, yeah. a housewife. And they were like, no, fuck you, I want to be, no, I want, I want to do this. It's, yeah, why can't they can surf, yeah. why can't I yeah. do what they're doing? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and what I, I think is interesting about it and what I think is important to realise when, when you talk about it, it shows you that it's not a straight line from, like, nothing to success. Mm. There's bumps in the road, you know, where oh, it looks yeah, like, yeah, like, for, yeah. like you probably remember the nineties when like the kind of billabong culture became a big thing, mm-hmm, and women's mm-hmm. surfing was a kind of big thing, and they were sort of pushing ahead at that point. Then it took a massive dip because of recession and things like that. So yeah. it's never a straight line. Much the same as women's football, as you know, we had like in the nineteen twenties, yeah. it was big, and then it became nothing, and then it's got bigger again, and it went down again. Now it's getting bigger yeah. again. So, nothing's a straight line when it comes to any sport, even like professionalism in any, even in, in like sort of in. Like, you know, men's football wasn't a straight line. It very much mm. went up and down, peaks and troughs. So it's, I think it does a good job of showing that. You don't have to start at A and get to Z and, it's a, and you're there within, you know, two mm. years. You might find you've one generation might hit a peak and then the next generation thinks, right, this is easy for us. We'll get involved and they have to struggle again. Fight. You know, to, to to yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. just, again, it's a really well done documentary. It tells you a lot. We need tells you a lot of stuff, stuff I didn't know. Um, and I just found it really compelling. And I say I like a good sports documentary. And I like you, you yeah. do, you do. I've always, um, I, I know it's an absolute fucking pipe dream and pure nonsense, but I've, I've always fancied something and I've got a notion. I don't know why that I'll be good at it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would be absolutely awful. Uh, Jerry, yeah. fucking, I'd be wet more than dry. Um, but I've, I've got it in my head that I'd be good at suffering, and it's something I've never tried. Um, and I've always wanted to. Maybe one day, you know, maybe you should try it. Yes, still life's new old dog yet. Um, just so I can embarrass myself, you know, fall a lot. But I've got it in my head that I, I, I'll be a good sufferer. I don't know why. How to do it in a Clyde? You have to get somewhere where there's actually tough <laughs> waves. You know, you have to. <laughs> Cornwall or something like that. But yeah, I win a lot of coffee in Hawaii. You can go because because um, I'll, I'll to... share my money with you if I win a lot of like what you would do. Well, um, I've been the well, Lorraine's rectified that. I now need to share with you. I've been told I need to share with you, so you're fine now. Okay, Lorraine's got your back. <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, Furzel up in the north of Scotland is a, a very popular oh, yes. stuff, yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, Cornwall uh, as well. I think, I think off the coast of yeah. Ireland is quite big as well. Um, yeah, although I'd much rather do it in Hawaii where it's warm. Uh, Hawaii so, or the Gold Coast or something that seems a lot. Although there's no, there's no sharks in Furzel. But if you're doing the water, you are in the pretty much in the, the intersection between the Arctic Ocean and the North Sea, which I imagine yeah. 
will be chilly. Yeah, a wee bit. Yeah, the the, the testicles will will recede. Yes, they'll be in your throat. I think. Um, but girls can't surf. What, really nice documentary. I give it a very solid seven out of ten. Really enjoyed cool. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on from that, um, a horror film is out, a horror prequel called Orphan First Kill, um, directed by William Bent Bell, which is a really no William Brent Bell, not Bent Bell, Brent Bell. <laughs> um, who did the films The Separation, uh, The Boy, Where, and The Devil Inside, all horrors of varying interest and quality. Um, quality. <laughs> yeah. The plot yeah. of this one, it's prequel to The Orphan, The Orphan, sorry, which was about a basically it's a it's a semi-true story. So it's loosely based on a real thing, but not yeah. really of a woman who yeah. sort of pretends to be like a, a four-year-old girl or a five-year-old girl and gets adopted, but in the reality she's like a fully grown woman and she's basically causes terror on a family. Yeah. Um and that's yeah, no, that's, no, that's, no spoiler. I've not seen it often, and I knew that shit. So there's twist. no spoilers. And if you yeah. didn't know that, then fucking so go look at shit. So in the orphan, they talk about how her first family were killed by a, a fire. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So this basically is where this ends with the fire. But what you get at the start of it is like basically she is in Croatia. She's Croatian, mm. and she is running away from. I can't remember if she's running away. She's running away from something. Um, and she pretends to be the lost daughter of an American family. Not dissimilar to that documentary, The Imposter. So it's taking a wee bit mm. of thing from that. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much know she's not her, but they kind of go yeah. along with it for some reason. Um, but ultimately, they figure out quite quickly that she's not who she says she is. But they both know that the, 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 the woman knows that they can't get rid of her because if they get rid of their daughter twice in the space of like six months, that'll look weird. Yeah, and she also yeah. uses them as like sort of as cover for what she's running away from, and obviously she starts in infatuation with the the husband of the the couple that's adopted them. Okay, which just sounds odd, wrong, and dirty. Odd, wrong, dirty, and creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So the Isabel Furman, who's um recur- who's bringing back the role um of the young girl, um she has a fully grown woman as well, but she's looked creepily young. Um, you also get Julia Stiles, Ross of Sutherland, Matthew Flanagan, and Hiro Kanawaga, who's a detective. Um, it's a horror prequel, so generally that's not a good hallmark of quality, as I think we'll agree. Yeah, um, yeah. Has there been a good horror prequel? Do we know of any? I didn't actually mind. It's not, it's not really a prequel, is it? The, the last chainsaw mask one, but that's not really a prequel. No, it's more a sequel. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, mm, oh, there must be some. I'll need to. I'll need to. Find well think about it. But generally, prequel horror is not not a it's not a fertile ground. I think we'll agree. Yeah, it's yeah, a cheap it's, ground, but not fertile. It, it kind of tends to take away the mystique of the actual subject. Like most people do, to be honest. About. Yeah, yeah, we know this. We don't need to know why they are. It's good they are like that. That's all we need to know is they're nuts. Yeah. Who cares why they're fucking nuts? Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, it goes bigger and more ridiculous than the original, um, which I did appreciate a lot of time. I enjoy <laughs> that the twist isn't the same. You know, the, the, the original twist in the first film discovered early and there are other twists throughout this that mm. um, makes it makes it feel different from the original film. Although the, the, the central conceit is still the same. It's a young girl woman pretend to be a young child. So that's child, the yeah. central conceit of it. But there's yeah. a few more twists in it. Um, Isabel Furman is definitely the sort of standout. She plays that creepy character. It's, it's a lot of, she's definitely tapped into something with this character that she's really, really good at. Does she um, convince as a child? She does, like, annoyingly, yeah. like, creepily so. Yeah. Um, and to see it, there's a good use of practical effects in it. It's not all CGI and stuff like that. It's quite nice, nice to see. Yeah. Um, but it escalates very quickly and the twists get, you know, so bizarre that it gets, it's hard to take seriously that it almost becomes kind of parody. You know, you're kind of yeah. going like, I feel like you're taking the piss a little bit. Um, but it's an hour and like 35 minutes long. So it moves so quick that you're almost not paying attention to the yeah. holes. And yeah. it's battle long. But then you get to the end and you go, oh, this is where it ends. So let's we'll move on from it. Um, so it's it's not a bad film. It's not a great film by any stretch, but it's not a bad, bad movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm always disappointed to see Julia Stiles and stuff like this. I feel she is She better. seems to be relegated to, to kind of B-movie hell just now. And yeah, mm. you're right. She she can act. Um, you yeah. know, she, she's got chops. She's got range. But I don't know if her manager's fucking awful or what, but she's just, yeah. She, she took a lot of time off at one point, I think, at first to go to university and then to raise a family. So maybe she's mm. like, it's like trying to come back after being away yeah. out of the public eye for so long that you're... Yeah. You can't be forgotten a little yeah. bit. That's yeah. a shame. I think he's a very good actress, and it's sort yeah. of it's sad to see her like sort of in horror prequel world. I feel like yeah. that's not where she belongs, and she is 
like by far the biggest name and sort of the the sort of the best person actor on stage in this. Yeah. yeah um. So, yeah. Well, apart from Isabel. Isabel Furman was also is very good. I don't, I don't know how good she is at other roles, but she's very yeah, good. Yeah, I was, I was just about to ask that. Is like that is that her? That's all you are. Is that role? I don't know anything else. I'm sure she has been and stuff, but the only thing I can think of is playing the orphan, and she's yeah, very, very yeah. good and good at it. But was Was there a sequel to the orphan as well? No, I don't believe so. No. Okay. No. Cool. Cool. You're thinking of the boy. There was a boy. Was the, the boy. No, group. I thought it was an orphan sequel. So I think no. I, 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 do you know what? I think it's an assumption you make maybe horror movies that. There's a sequel, do you know what I mean, as well? Because there's so fucking many sequels, do you know what I mean? Because they'll just they'll pump more, out a sequel, you know, pretty yeah, much immediately. regardless whether it's wanted or not, do you know what I mean? There, there, there is usually sequels out there somewhere. Um, the Boy was terrible. Um, the Boy 2, I think, was, was even worse than The Boy. So. The Boy 2 Brahms or something it's called, wasn't it? Something oh, like that, yeah. yeah. It was not yeah, good. Yeah, so it's... Um, but obviously the, the, the director's still making films, so, you know, people are... Making cheap, making them on time. Make enough money back. That's how is you this a, is it a Blumhouse film? No, no, no. Okay. It, it feels like it should be a Blumhouse, but it's not a Blumhouse film. I'm just checking out there. Oh, the first one had a really good cast. It was like Vermeer Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, which so it's, it's got a decent, you know, it's got pedigree behind it, and she seems mm. to be like, you know, so. And like I said, this is by all means, it's not a bad film by any stretch. I've definitely seen worse examples yeah. of of this. Interesting, the cat was a producer on it. That was sort of an odd option. Oh, that's um, and Joe Silver, but it, yeah, it's it's not a bad film. It's just something you've you've seen it before, and mm. you kind of you, it's disposable. And that's maybe do you, do you need the knowledge of the original no. film? No, no it's, it, no. it works on its own as well. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I might watch one. I've not, well, I've not seen the orphan, so I've, not, I've no interest in kind of seeing this unless I've seen the other one. But I might one day get around to it eventually. Yeah, I'm kind of bored and feeling a bit of yeah. cane. It's, it's a Friday night when you're bored sitting at home. Can I watch? Yeah. Maybe good if you're doing like a Halloween watch or something. You know, just try. Find some uh, your horrors. Out of ten. Six. Oh, six. Well, um, again for a horror, anything above five for a horror. Yeah, like I said, it's not terrible. Just so, ge- so generous with your scores, man. I'm not. Um, final film of this week um, <laughs> is the one that's on Paramount Plus, um, and that is Secret Headquarters, directed by Henry Just and Ariel Showman, who you'll remember from uh, Viral, Nerve and Project Power. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. They hmm. like to put a spin on the, the sort of um, the, the superhero genres, yeah. Superhero yeah. genres, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is the film is basically about um, there's a superhero called the Guard, um, and he's sort of a tangential figure in it. But there's a young boy who finds out that his dad is the Guard, um, and he because he finds his secret headquarters, hence the title. And um, well, when the day he finds it is also the day that the, the, the Guard. Um, superhero's um, arch enemy decides to invade it and try and take back the power that um, that gives the guard his power. And it's uh, the young kids, home alone style, trying to keep the baddies away uh, from the secret headquarters and stop them from stealing the thing that makes the, the, um, the hero the hero. Okay, so you've piqued my curiosity, yeah. definitely. Um, so you've got Owen it... Wilson in it, he plays superhero, he plays the guard, mm. the sort of Iron Man type figure. Um, very laid back to pre-year old. Yeah, very, very, very chilled out. The world's going to end in five minutes, I'll get it in four. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, you've also got uh, Michael Pena. He plays the baddie. Oh, okay. And the kids are Walker Scoble, who is a young boy from that one with Ryan Reynolds, the Adam Project, the young Reynolds. Yep. Yeah. He plays young Owen Wilson now, so he's obviously a very handsome boy. Mm. And you get Keith L. Williams, Mo, Momona, Tamda, and Abby James Wellspin. They're the sort of the four young kids in it. Um, this is one you can show the kids. It's a very sweet family adventure, very kid-centric. Um, it is sort of like Iron Man for the for a kid. Um, very inventive tech in it, which is kind of fun, gets a lot of laughs. Um, it is odd that Owen Wilson is sign-line for like, huge chunks of it. You get him at the start and you get him at the end and a couple of shots of him like doing the, the Downey Jr. Iron Man helmet kind of shot, you know, the one that's like inside mm. the helmet type thing. Mm. Other than that, he's basically not in it. Michael Peña is definitely much, much bigger Rolling I guess if it's a kid's film, I could see, I can get yeah, why. Point that, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I get, I kind of get that. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a little bit longer than it needed to be. Um, you know, this dragon ain't got an hour and forty-five, hour and fifty. Maybe could have turned mm. a wee bit down. Um, because some of the stuff for the kids, the banter between them gets a little bit stale quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, there is, there's, you know, they're all the kids all form into tropes. You know, there's the, the the geeks and the yeah, you know, the, yeah. the girl who's like so wants to be the influencer and they kind of they kind of cool kind of. You know, alternative girl, they all the like bad and stuff. boy, and yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, yeah. it's not doing anything new with that. But what I do like is like 
what Justin Shulman do is they put like a new spin on the superhero genre by like sort of taking what is popular this now. So superheroes are very much in this now. That sort of like same mm. westerns were in years ago or whatever else. Yeah. And, but not everything has to form to that same Marvel or DC world. You can you can do stuff within the genre, but not have it to be like an original. It doesn't have to be an IP that's already existing. You can do your own yeah. thing. And that's yeah. the thing Project Power was, and that's kind of what viral was, I think, a little bit as well. So it's just it's working within a genre, but not being beholden to it. Which... It's like, here's heroes, but what if this, you know? Yeah. yeah. So so I've, I've, I can enjoy it for that. Um, but it's, like, it's very, you know, it's disposable, unfortunately disposable again, but it's enjoyable yeah. for when you're watching it. One, you can watch with your kids, and, and yeah. you can all find a lot of charm. They make a lot more from it. And yeah. the Home Alone stuff is all kind of fun, and it's... Michael Pena's got a lot of energy on stage, on, on screen. You yeah, enjoy yeah, watching yeah. him. Yeah. And he seems to work really well with kids, I've noticed. He seems to have a lot of... Some actors work well with kids, some yeah. obviously don't. But he seems to have a lot of energy with kids. Which I think yeah, I, I, comes I really across. Um, one I could watch with Kale, who's Definitely. 12 now. Yes, um, so, 100%. Yeah, so the kids are about him. that age as well, yeah. so totally work for him. I'll watch it with him over the weekend, and what we'll do is next week I'll let you know how it sits with a 12-year-old. That might be a good yeah. judge, yeah. As yeah. 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 like much as I'm a 12-year-old at heart, sometimes my 12-year-old brain doesn't quite... Yeah. And the adult yeah. brain kicks in too much when I'm watching things. Yeah. No, I get you. I, I do get you. There's stuff now I watched it 10 years ago that I've been much more receptive and now I'm just like... Oh. Stupid, is, yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, of course, it's stupid, it's a fucking movie, yeah, yeah. But I'm do you know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't buy into that. I remember Jill didn't watch Gremlins till she was like maybe nearly 30, and she was like, This is stupid. I'm going, but it's Gremlins, and not Gremlins, uh, Goonies, yeah. And I'm going, but it's it's classic, she's going, but it's stupid, doesn't make any sense. I'm going, and see, you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, but as mm-hmm. a kid, you love it. I totally, it's just ridiculous. It's so audacious, and like, wow, these kids yeah. are so cool, yeah. No, I totally, so I'll, I'll watch it with Caleb, and um. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a report next week on it. Um, well, what were both of it? What were you going to give out of ten? Six and a half. That's not bad at all. Yeah, fun watch. Yeah, yeah, fun watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun watch. That's all right. I've, I've definitely seen worse. Um, I've <laughs> um, seen lots worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from that, we'll, we'll go on to what we're at the big kind of major event we we'll talk about this week mm. before we wrap up, which is finally we have both now watched The Sandman on Netflix. Yes, um, all so, ten episodes have been or eleven episodes. You missed. You haven't watched the end oh, bonus yeah. one yet. I know, just sneaky bastards. Yeah, so I've watched that one as well. So this is created by Neil Gaiman based on his comic, and he's sort of the main showrunner on it as well. Um, the plot of this one is very difficult to not spoil it, but essentially. Morpheus, who is a god of dreams, is captured. Mm. Um, yeah. He has he is then released, and he has to go about basically retrieving items that were taken from him when he was in uh, captivity. Yeah, um, his power back. Really build, yeah. build and put the world back to rights. Because while he's been in, in captured, the world's been going through like a, a sleepless or non-sleepless sort of haze, where some people sleep forever and some people don't. Um, and, and he's got to try and basically fix the world. Um, at the same time, hunting down. Uh, a young girl who may hold the key to sort of like the dimension hoppingness of the, yeah. the dream world. Yeah, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Um, you've got Tom Sturridge playing Morpheus, um, an array cast of like everybody, but I'll, I'm not going to tell you who they're playing. You've got Charles Dance is in it, Patton Oswalt plays a voice in it, Boyd Holbrook probably plays the main baddie, um, Stephen Fry's in it, Vivian Ashenpong pops up as well, Mason Alexander uh, Park, uh, David Thewellis maybe plays a main baddie as well, he's excellent, yeah. and Jenna Coleman um, maybe steals the whole thing for two episodes as uh, Joanna Constantine. Quite um, possibly, yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of cast in it. Um mm. This is this was this was amazing. This is probably the best thing Netflix has put out since Stranger Things season one. I, I don't think yeah. anything came close to it. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant, and, and obviously all the storytelling comes from the source material. Yeah, and it's not like I've talked to people who, who are bigger fans of the comic book that have not read it yet. Who said it is not a page for page adaptation. It's not mm. doing that, but it, everything about the vibe and the feel of it feels like the comic book. It feels there's enough there. That like makes it- um, the closest thing. To that so far, I think it's been the first season of The Walking Dead. Yes, which was almost, you know, you could compare scene yes. to page sometimes, like yeah. wow. And this this seems to be very similar in that yeah. thing where you know they've, they've got it. I thought every bit of casting was almost pe- perfect. The only one I didn't really yeah. like was Patton Oswalt playing the the, the, the Michael the Crow. Yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't mind that. I thought it was he's kind of a he's in the voice guy a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of going yeah. down that road. Yeah, I thought Tom Sturge was great as Morpheus. I thought he was brilliant as Morpheus. Absolutely um, amazing. Yeah, the yeah. woman who played his sister plays Death. I thought she was brilliant as well. She was out her 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 episode because each episode is some of them are self contained. Um, yes. That one was very soft, the one with Death in it, and that was just a mind-blowing episode for me. Well, just, the episodes wow. never stay, overstay their welcome. I think you want yeah. a little bit more, but I would say the yeah. two standouts are episodes five and six, which is 24-7. That's one set in the diner. In the diner, and then the one after with Death. One after, which is called The Sound of Wings. Sound, Sound of yeah. Her Wings, which yeah. is weird, because it's basically, that's almost, that's essentially two different stories that sort of, yeah. you get one story with Death and Morpheus walking around the world. And you're seeing her world, and it's genuinely heartbreaking watching it. It's one of the toughest things I've had, had to watch in a TV show. Yeah. And I know yeah. some of the scenes um, are pulled straight from the comic. Yeah. Um, and people knew it was coming. I didn't know what was coming. And there's a couple of moments, I'm just like, it is absolutely heartbreaking um, when you're watching yeah. it. It's really sad, isn't it? Not the one you think. It wasn't the one you think is sad. That one is really sad. But there's another one I'll talk to you off camera about, about what I thought was a really the toughest one. I thought it just absolutely broke my heart when I was watching oh, it. Okay. Um, right. Then you get another story where it's basically Morpheus talking to someone every hundred. He gave he basically as a because the guy said he could live forever. He yeah. gave him eternal life, a and ten, every hundred yeah. years they meet up and they talk. Yeah, and yeah. it's just it's just they tell basically six hundred years worth of story in story. twenty minutes, and it's utterly compelling. It's brilliant. But remember, I was saying when we were talking about it last week, um, I was saying how in the first episode it encompasses a hundred years. Uh huh. Convincingly, yeah. and, and in such a, a, a kind of linear storytelling way. I mean, at no point do you feel like lost. It's just like it's a hundred years goes by, and by the end of it, you're like, wow. Do you know what I mean, they've actually just covered a hundred years in a show, and it makes perfect sense. Yes, yeah. it's done so so well. You know, the kind of time skips they do them remarkably well. Yeah. Um, and it's just so inventive as well. Like, I know there's stuff that's in the comic book, but like the, like the um, convention of serial killers. It's like, how has no one copied that since? <laughs> That comic's been out for that been out for thirty years and horrible, horrible idea. Yeah, but <laughs> this... it's been out for thirty years, and the Sandman has inspired so many people. Like it's one of those yeah. things. It's all every writer who you know has said they love the Sandman. It's all yeah. it's a genre touchstone. How has no one decided thought I'll put a twist on that? It's just it's, yeah. it's almost it's, it's too right perfect an idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good. Um, Jenna Coleman, yeah, she was outstanding, but I think David Wallace was just. Wow. Oh, he was he's only in it for three episodes, maybe three and a half yeah, episodes. But, oh, but he, the 20, 24 7 episode, he was in that for, for, for the length of it. Yeah. And it, it, he's just really just now he's he's like a national treasure at the moment. Just, yeah, I've seen him in quite a lot of things recently. Um, like that one where he played the killer, him and his wife. Um, yes, yeah, stuff like that. And it's, it, it was in Fargo as well and stuff. And he's just, yeah. he's such a great actor. Yes. Just, you, you don't see the wheels turning. Do you know what I mean? You don't see David Wallace either. You see an actor. Yeah. You, you see the character he's playing, which I think is really important absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but he was, a, yeah, but Jenna Coleman, not to steal away from her, um, she just oozes charm and charisma. And The moment she steps on screen, yeah. you, see her as, you see her as, like, sort of, the modern day Constantine, and you see yeah. it as sort of a, a like a, a a relative from the past as well. Yeah, yeah. The one you just has a confidence that you you want from someone who's playing Constantine. Like so, mm-hmm. it's just it purely like, it just owns the room and is in, is either in complete control or has absolutely no clue what she's doing. But yeah. with pretend she has complete control pure, to the point where it will destroy pure her. swagger, isn't it? Yeah, utter just, swagger, utter confidence. Yeah. That she, makes, <laughs> she might not know what she's doing, but everyone thinks that she knows what she's doing, and yeah, that's more totally. important. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the whole show, it's, it's one of those shows that, um, see, I binge it over the course of two days, and it is compelling. You know, you oh, finish so one, compelling. and your brain's just thinking about that one, and then thinking about the next one. Yes, you want to just play, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, I think you could sit for a day and binge it. And oh, you could. It, watch it's... it again a week later and still be as enthralled and drawn into that world as you were the yeah. first thing. Um, I'm really excited to see, see where it goes because I mean, I think yeah. it's like something like 13 volumes of this. So it's basically his game, yeah. sort of magnum opus. It's sort of the thing he sort of always delves back into. So it'll be interesting to see what they tackle next because it's just it's a world rife for story. Um, I've got I've got to kind of poke the, the sleeping bear a wee bit here though. Um, so when you read the reviews about this, um, you're probably aware, um, but a lot of people are whinging and moaning about the amount of gay representation in it. Um, 
we had one of our friends over for, for dinner last week who's, who's gay and even he was like, there was a bit overkill with a gay representation of it. So I didn't I, know I didn't notice it to be honest. I I, I kind of thought I thought that there was a lot of kind of LGBTQ characters in it. Oh. Um, didn't detract from. I didn't have yeah. any issue. I'm like, yeah, cool. I mean, that's okay. But yeah, but yeah, you know, he he was kind of saying, yeah, and I've spoke to other people and they think that as well. So I don't know if it's. I, but I, I took it as like most of the, the the characters who are seen as sort of like the LGBTQ characters, yeah. they're supposed to be like gods essentially in it, right? So I get the idea that gods don't give a fuck what they're fucking, essentially. Like, they just they don't exist as male or female. They exist it's as... for their pleasure. That's yeah. it. You know, I it's, want, it's, it's, I it's, want it's, pleasure, be it fucking male, female, goat. I do not fucking care. Right. Like, you know, like, just going down as, a, like, a, a, a swan or a cow, yeah. depending on how his yeah. life took him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't... I just thought everyone who was in the film was, was perfect. And I took it that they... I mean, the vibe I got from it was... Pretty much every character could fuck every other character, and they wouldn't be against it. Yeah, it felt like that. I felt like everybody was one hundred percent, and like would easily like just go with anyone. There was no sort of like, yeah, yeah. It, it felt know, more it was just, fluid. It was just interesting to hear somebody for that community. Do you know what I mean airing that same opinion? And I was because yeah. I, I said to my, you know, I kind of know, yeah, there was a high volume, but it was like it didn't either detract from the story in any way at all. Made yeah. no difference to. The world I was in. Do you know what I mean? Like, I definitely prefer that than say what Disney do with their programs and say, oh, we've got a gay character in this, and the gay character is like someone in the background of one celebration scene kissing. And it's like, well, that's not really representation, is it? At that oh, point, so over the top that it's, you know, it's like fucking foggy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh my God, so don't, don't, don't do that. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, but I never, got, I never really got anything from yeah. it. I just thought yeah. I stood with the character. So the only detraction I had from it wasn't that, um, was talked about with She Hulk, some of the CGI. Particularly, mm. sort of the backgrounds got a look, looked a bit a bit ropey, and I think that's just budget more than anything else. He just yeah. had to, yeah, yeah, because it was quite lavish. I mean, it, very lavish. It, yeah. It's big, you know. It's a big world of building. Um, it oh. goes in a lot of different places, and they're not scared to to do that. And sometimes, mm. yeah, you know, I think it's yeah. We need to show this world. It might not be the CGI we want, but you know, we need to fucking do it. And hats off to them for doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's it's. A wonderful, wonderful show, isn't it? It's it really was just pure so... entertainment, but also so thought provoking as well. Like I did come away from yeah. thinking things, you know, and that and like sort of pondering it in many ways. So, yeah, and I have got a yeah. copy of the the Sandman book now coming uh, to my abode. So I will definitely because it's weird I've not read it before until now. I'm the same. I've seen it too as well. I'm like, how have I not read this? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm kicking myself. I'm, I'm going to try and track it down as well. And I definitely, although I don't, that annoys me because. As a geek in there, that's something we would have braced anyway, but then I feel what like I'm kind of jumping on the bandwagon when I know I'm not, but I feel uh-huh. like I am. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's getting like, no, fuck you, I'm fucking not. Do you know what I mean? This is my jam. Yeah. No, have you read the book? No, I fucking not. Okay. I like this before you, I like this before it was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 but I, I think if you can, if you get time, make time for this because it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. As you, as you say, it's probably. Maybe, maybe even better than Stranger Things. It's, it's maybe the best thing that Netflix Netflix has pulled out of heart, and I don't know if it will get the same kind of recognition as something like Stranger Things, unfortunately. Probably not, but very much good. Very, very, very well done. Um, yeah, but that is us for this week. Next week, we've got a busy week. Next week, we've got, in the cinema column, we've got Beast. Yes, Idris Elba fighting a lion. Basically, Jaws, Ghost in the, jung, go, Jungle Jaws. I think Ghost in the Darkness. No one references that yet. I've read a few reviews at rest. I think Jungle Jaws is where we're going to go with this one. Jungle Jaws is better, but I'm saying, like, I'm, I see it more as Ghost in the Darkness. You know, Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer taking down a line, which I think is an underrated film, and I actually really enjoy that film. Um, you've got also out, you've got The Invitation, which is like a kind of British um, thriller horror that's out mm. in cinemas now. Yeah. Um, also, you've got Mr. Malcolm's List, which you won't go and see because it's a period piece, so I might go and see that one just so I can be inclusive of everything, Colin. Um, on Netflix, you've got Me Time, which follows a dad who finds time for himself in the first time in years while his wife and kids are away and he reconnects with a friend for a wild weekend. Um, starring everyone's favourite Kevin Hart hey. and everyone's favourite Mark. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Yeah. I'm d- dude, I'm down with us just purely for the fact is uh, off mic, we were even saying about me booking my holiday next week. Yeah. I, I get this so much. Get- I get it. Just- <laughs> 
I, I get it. Just having that that dare to just where it's just you and you can do what you want. It never happens. It okay. just does not fucking happen. And I oh, I'm so down with this film. Yeah, Fair enough. I'm, I'm, from the director of so, I Love You Man, which I actually quite liked I Love You Man. So I'm yeah. trying to see what it is. He also directed yeah. Why Him, which I did not like. Um, I, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay, so me type, and also on Amazon Prime, one called Samaritan. It's a um, Sylvester Stallone film where he's a, a superhero who has been in hiding until a young kid finds him and he brings him out of retirement. Mm, could be, oh, could we elevate that one? Couldn't it, 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 it seems it looks, uh, looks quite kind of gritty and kind of, you know, almost like the Rocky of superheroes type thing, almost kind of thing. Do, but, do you feel like Stallone should stop? I think Stallone is a great actor and I think he's still yeah, got a yeah, great couple of so. and, and maybe it's a the role that's great, but the fact that he's straight to Amazon Prime, maybe he doesn't bode too well for it, but who knows? Yeah. 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 I'm the same as you. I think. I think. He, I think he, he can act. I think he can. One hundred percent, he can act. Yeah. yeah he's a character. Need, yeah, you need to see through the muscle, you know, and, mm. and, and that, you know, distinctive face. But you know, there's a there's a guy there that can act. He's done some great roles like Cop Shop, not Cop, cop Shop, out. Like, uh, Copland. Copland, sorry, not Cop out. Yeah, Copland, yeah. yeah. Um, as you say, Rocky. Um, yeah, cliffhanger. <laughs> Sloan, yeah, Sloan can act. He definitely can. I've been intrigued to see him doing stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Rock? You know Stallone directed the Saturday Night uh, yeah, Fever sequel? Yeah, which is fucking mental. <laughs> Stallone directed that. Yeah, um, I didn't realise it's very recently. But people forget Stallone like, wrote Rocky as well. No, he wrote I mean, Rocky and he directed all the other Rockies. Yeah, directed, yeah. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He can he can make a film, he can write a film, he can act in a film. Do you know what I mean? He is, he is like... Yeah, he's, a renaissance he's a, man. He can do everything. He's a, he's a hard worker, yeah. yeah. He just doesn't get taken seriously because he's Rumble, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. were not kind to his um, Saturday Night. What, what was the sequel to that called? Staying Alive. Staying Alive, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he directed that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't oh. know it until very recently. Um, yeah, and then Rocky Five. Rocky, he didn't write. He didn't write Rocky Five. Uh, Rocky Five. He wrote Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then and Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And he also starred in Stop or My Mumble Shoot. He did star in that as well. <laughs> um, as, I actually own that on DVD. Um, <laughs> what a worst film in the world. Yeah. Um, um, tell me what you find us, Colin. So you can find us a number three years in the movie on um, Gmail somehow, maybe <laughs> Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. So d- d- have a look and see what we say. Richard's always posting stuff and putting on wee pictures and stuff like that. And you know, give him some give him some appreciation back. Um, you. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And we have been three beers in a movie.